You've tuned into all things fine and gentry with the connoisseur, French Thompson, where consistently we bring you ideas, concepts, and exposure to thoughtful content, lifestyle enhancements, and opportunities to improve yourself and those around you. Thank you for tuning in and taking a listen to this week's episode. Welcome, welcome, welcome back to another episode of All Things Fine and Gentry. This is the connoisseur French Thompson, and I'm so grateful for each and every one of you all for tuning in today and taking a listen and being a part of this uh, community. And for those, if, if this is your first time listening to the podcast, welcome. We would love for you all to become a part of this community. Make sure you like, share, subscribe, rate, review, all of those great things to get the word out to even all of your friends in your social circle. And to the returning guests, our the connoisseurs, which we affectionately call you all, thank you. Thank you for being a part and uh, tuning in and, and wanting to uh, to connect and, and and be a part of this. Uh, enjoy it and appreciate it and, and all those great things. So we are in the middle of our Vice City uh, series here on the podcast, and we've had some great guests and opportunities to talk about, you know, just those things that people call vices or may have some concerns with or have some uh, preconceived notions about. We're trying to break those down a little bit and look at the positive side of those things. So um, I think this this episode is going to be pretty cool because I talk to this person often uh, via social, face to face, things like that. And I'm really curious to kind of dig into her brain about her vice here. So welcome to the podcast, Calandra Moore. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Oh, well, I'm glad that you had the uh, availability and be able to talk with us. So you actually were probably one of the first people that responded when I put up the Vice City uh, graphic and you had kind of laughed and said, <laughs> um, you know, your favorite video uh, video game and things like that. So uh, yeah. <laughs> well, when you heard Vice City, and we're going to get into the introduction, I kind of hop jumped in front of me and myself here. But when you heard Vice City, what did you think? Um, you know, like my comment, I initially thought of the, the video game. Of course, with even if, even if you had not posted the graphic, um, I would have thought about that because <laughs> I'm ashamed to say that Grand Theft Auto Vice City was a vital part of my childhood. <laughs> vital, a vital part of your childhood. <laughs> In the summertime specifically, um, my dad actually had the game. And when we would go to my dad's house, um, he allowed us to play the game there. We couldn't play it at my mom's, but my sisters and I, like, we were kind of tomboys. So, you know, we were very much into video games. And that was our favorite. Interesting. <laughs> so, I mean, like, I know. so how is that, right? Playing this game where you're, like, <laughs> shooting and killing people oh right outside your dad. Like, does this all, all open up? <laughs> Interesting conversations. I mean, there were, you know, uh, salacious people on there, people in weird situations. I mean, was this like an opportunity for your dad to talk about, you know, challenging things in life and situations mm -hmm. thou should not open, you know, find yourself in? Well, we didn't really, uh, we really made light of it. Like my dad, my, my mom is very square. So um, my dad knew that despite our vice of playing by city <laughs> um he knew that deep down instilled in us we knew right from wrong you know and um so he didn't really have to go into that he just let us have fun the way that we wanted to true true that's what's up all right you know? so i jumped ahead 
tell us a little bit about yourself, Calandra? <laughs> where are you from? What you do? Where you live? Before we start talking about how you were raised in Vice City. All right. Um, so I am just a girl from around the way. Oh, okay. <laughs> around the way, girl. <laughs> yeah, basically. Um, no, I, I'm from Fort... Well, I'm originally from Fort Worth. I grew up in Weatherford from the age of 12 up until um, graduating high school. Uh, so I'm from the DFW Metroplex, basically. Um, I am... I'm a... I have, I'm a paralegal certified. However, um, the job I work at now, like I started there as a paralegal, but they've allowed me to um, move up and become a data configuration specialist for them. Um, the company is a legal software company. Okay. I'm going to say so, that sounds real complicated because I'm like, I, okay. It is. <laughs> <laughs> so they've trained me in coding and I'm, uh, what I do is on the back end, I load court cases and we actually, our clients are court uh, courthouses and law firms hmm. across the U.S. Like we have clients in almost every state. Nice. Also in the Northern Mariana Islands. So I started there, you know, just I just pretty much worked my way up recently. So, nice. yeah, it's um, I'm grateful to be there. Uh, they really value me there. So I'm, I'm very thankful for that. Awesome. Um, yeah. Nice. So, so, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, we're going to have to dig into legalisms. That sounds like a good episode. <laughs> but um, all right. So we talked about kind of what you thought when you heard Vice City, but, you know, diving more into it. And I know you're an avid uh, you're you're one of the connoisseurs of all <laughs> things fine and gentry. Uh, when you hear Vice right beyond the, the video game, what what kind of came to your mind in regards to maybe even your own vices? Um, so my own vices. Um other than the topic that we were getting into, I would say gangster rap in the <laughs> 90s. <laughs> Specifically West Coast, the West Coast, where you are. <laughs> um, I'm, I love like Dr. Dre production, like his, his, that era, like for 90s rap, that, I don't know, for some reason it just, <laughs> it speaks to me. Probably because my dad, like, like that was his era of music too. So growing up, like True. he was heavy on Ice Cube, you know, and like that was his thing. So I think I really adopted that, like wow. at a young age, and that, and then my mom, like even before she was who she is now, like Tupac was her man. Like I thought he was my stepdad at one point. But <laughs> what? <laughs> this is yeah. oh, this is just blowing my uh, my I mindset. Know. Of <laughs> <laughs> I know, like I know every Machiavelli lyric for that album, <laughs> like. From five years old, my mom would play it. Of course, she would turn it down like every other word. But, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so that's my advice other than food, you know, so. And that's what's up. <laughs> so you still you still rock it? I mean, it's on your title playlist. I do. I do. I do. Yeah. And um, I'm like, man, <laughs> it's uh, it's definitely it was a part of my childhood, too. Yeah. I mean, that's real. I mean, that's. There's so many pieces of our childhood or that create our childhood experience. Right. And the soundtrack is a part of it. Right. I think so many people disregard the soundtrack of your life. Um, But uh, that's essentially what it is. Right. These songs Mm -hmm. um, generate memories and 
you know, endorphins mm-hmm. one way or the other, et cetera. And that's, I mean, that's literally what, uh, what we kind of dive into in lyrics and libations. So, man, that's, that's what's up. We might have to have <laughs> you on a guest on there. We talk about, we talk about rap. So. Oh yeah. I, now that's, a, that's just another part of me that a lot of people don't know, but yeah, I'd love, I'd love that. That's what's up. That's what's up. <laughs> all right. All right. So we're going to talk about food today and, um, <laughs> which, which is, is interesting in just in general, because everybody eats. Um, but there's, <laughs> you know, there, there's something for it to become, uh, you know, I would say uh, an, an indulgence or something that one really kind of dives into. So um, mm-hmm. how how do you feel that, you know, or how did you, I would say, become a self-professed foodie? You know, all these people say I'm a foodie. I like food. Da, 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 but, you know, where where do you feel that you kind of. I uh, got this um, appreciation of of food. Well, see, for the longest, I tried not to call myself a foodie because mm. I didn't know whether I was foodie or not. So really, as far as self-professed goes, I like I said, I avoided that. Um, I just was I just like to say I'm a person that just loves food. OK, <laughs> um, because, you know, foodie is honestly, when you look at, you know, for social media and foodies there. Like it's, it seems super official. Mm. So I was like, do I measure up to oh. that term? You know? <laughs> yeah. I'm not, I hear that, but, but, but why would you say that? Right. Why would, when you, when you hear the word foodie, um, what, what description comes in your mind that, that would put that in your, in, in that, uh, connotation or, or mindset? Well, to me, like, it's just a whole, it's a whole, thing on you know especially instagram yeah for example you know dubs grubs like when you have he's getting like endorsements endorsements you know so i look at foodie as another level mm. okay you know yeah yeah all right so but but you're here now right and um mm-hmm. and i mean you've you've even opened up your own ig page all these types of things so mm-hmm. when you decided to call it make it official what what was in your in your mind? Was it just hey, I just want to share my experiences, or you know mm-hmm. how how did you how did you decide to, to flip the switch? So um, I didn't want to share. I didn't want to overload people on my regular page okay. with with my food pictures because I'm like you know maybe people don't really want to see that all the time, right? Because I'm always taking pictures of food, <laughs> whether it's food that I cook or if it's food that I I'm eating at a restaurant. So I said, um, for the longest I thought about, hmm, maybe I should start at a page. But then I was like, oh, that's a whole other responsibility. And mm. I had already had another page at the time, which was my coupon page. Yeah, Calendra coupons. Yeah. Yeah. So then I was like, it's just too much, you know. But um, several people would tell me, like, Calendra, like, you are a foodie and you should have you know, another page because that's what you like, you know, that's what your hobby is. So after so many people had said that to me, I was like, you know what? I'd rather have a foodie page than a coupon page at this point, because during the pandemic, you know, places weren't sending coupons Mm. out like they had been before. Yeah. So that was slowing up. So I said, you know what? I'm just going to scrap the coupon page. And then also I thought, you know, on my foodie page, if I get food coupons, I'll also post those to my stories, That's you know, right. yeah. so I could kill two birds with one stone. So, yeah. So then that's when I finally created the page 
And um, I said, Who, whosoever will, let them come. You know, I wasn't, <laughs> I wasn't pressing people to follow it. I'm like, because like I said, that was my whole reason for having a separate page. I know, you know, everyone's not trying to see pictures of food all the time. Let yeah. me talk about it. That's real. That's real. So, so is, is there is there a meaning behind the name you have on there or just like a nickname or what? So. <laughs> start laughing um sorry so like i I wanted something catchy and i do consider myself clever um like for example if my friends need a name for anything they always reach out to me and they're like lundra like i need something creative you know can you help me out so um i said you know for myself i gotta i gotta you know have something just catchy and something that'll get people's attention so like when I was younger, <laughs> so I grew up Pentecostal okay. and my great grandma was our pastor and we actually all lived with her. My mom, me and my sisters. So she used to always say, I'm hungry for the word, you know? <laughs> <laughs> so like that has always the word, the, just saying hungry, not hungry, but hungry. That's always stuck with me. Um, so, you know, just putting girl with it was just like, I like saying girl a lot. I just feel like, <laughs> hey, girl, what's up, girl? And it, it, it's, it's a familiar term, especially amongst our community, you know, right. like, hey, girl, you know? Yeah. So I was like, I, I feel like people would be very comfortable with girl on the end. So hungry girl, you know, that's how that came about. My grandma and then the familial term. Nice. Nice. That's mm-hmm. what's up. That's what's up. So, um. So looking at your your IG page, right, um, when it first came out, I'm like, oh, you know, she's this is pretty cool. Uh, were you surprised at the reception you got um, in regards to not only your friends, but also uh, the the actual restaurants reposting you and tagging you and stuff like that? I was I was surprised um, and so surprised that I you know I did my first giveaway on there mm-hmm. um, because I do like just giving things away i'm i'm very much a giver so uh i wanted to show my appreciation but yeah i was i didn't expect those things to occur i mean that's literally how people get sponsors and become labeled as foodies right 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 it is so i mean sometimes i'm sometimes i suffer from imposter syndrome as far as that goes that's real that's real yeah which mm-hmm. is which is something that we all we all get you know struggle with, and and yeah. one thing I had read something or heard something recently on a podcast, and I got to post this too. But it said the way to stop feeling like an imposter, stop thinking like an imposter, and mm-hmm. so you know the the challenge with most of us is that we walk through here with this mindset of ah, I feel like I'm an imposter or imposter syndrome or maybe I'm not you know X Y or Z. Uh, but mm-hmm. the difference between, you know, those people and people that just go out here and do it, there's the other people are like, I don't, I, I am going to be what I, what I would desire to be, you know, right. and it's a mindset shift there. So, hey, mm-hmm. if, if anything, your, your page shows it all that you're not an imposter, right? So, <laughs> thanks. All right. So, so you, you don't really stick with any type of cuisine when like in one mm-hmm. word of, to look at your page, it kind of just goes, you know all over the place and not necessarily mm-hmm. in, a, in a random, like, what is she doing? But it's an appreciation for it all. So, uh, mm-hmm. you know, what, what do you like? What's the, is there a favorite of yours or, you know, as you've, um, 
I will say, uh, curated your palette. Uh, how has that been over the years and where do you find yourself, you know, trending most of the time? Well, I'm a very, very picky eater. Really? Um, for the most part. Well, you know, I'll say picky in the sense of a lot of the, I mean, I've never liked healthier foods. I've never liked vegetables. Mm. Like if you see me eating vegetables, it's because I know I need them. <laughs> yeah. I'm more on the junk food side. Like American cuisine is my thing. And <laughs> And I do like Italian food. So, like, as far as curating my palate goes, um, it's really my my anti-health origins. <laughs> <laughs> like, and, yeah, yeah. So, so you, you, would just, you would just go towards, you know, the greasy hamburger or something like that? Oh, over. yes. Yes. Okay. So, let, let's, let's break this down a little bit more. Mm -hmm. If you're you know, at a restaurant or, you know, now you're getting, you know, sponsored by somebody, somebody's picking you up. What's your perfect meal? What, when you sit back and say, man, this mm -hmm. is, this is what, what does it for me? What does that look like? Well, I mean, it would depend on the restaurant, okay. but, um, because, you know, certain restaurants specialize in certain things. Right. Um, but my perfect meal is so difficult to choose like a specific type. So, let me just put them all together. <laughs> Perfect meal would look like, let's see, we'll start with some seafood pasta, mm. a cheeseburger, french mm. fries, uh, <laughs> some wings, and some pizza. All together. Now that that sounds disgusting all together as one, but I get it. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and so so where, where do you feel that you, I mean, you, like you said, you, you, you kind of talked about your uh, your palate leaning towards more the American cuisine type stuff, the comfort food you want to, you know, once mm -hmm. I call it, where do you think that mm -hmm. comes from? Like as far as your, you know, your past and things like that, because clearly you're not eating tacos like you're from the West coast because you listen to gangster rap all the time. But um, <laughs> where, where, where do you think that that kind of comes from and what does it, how does that resonate with you mostly in regards to why, why you like it so much? Hmm, good question. Um, I probably like it so much because my mom really never allowed us to have it. Mm. I mean, you know, growing up, my mom, she had us eating very healthy food. So, but when we would go to Nana's house, <laughs> <laughs> Nana's house, like Nana gave us whatever we wanted. So that could be why I was kind of, you know, in my everyday usual life, I was kind of deprived of such foods. That's interesting. And so what 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 were the things that I mean Nana cooked that you can sit oh. back to where you were like, man, hmm. this was the meal that that did it for me. Like what what, what were those those triggers that kind of put it there? Mm -hmm. I mean, it's very interesting, right? Because we talked about the soundtrack of your life in the beginning, right? Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously there's the 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 uh the palette of of your, you know, uh growing up or your childhood. So what what would that be? What does that look like at Nana's house? Nana would make like my favorite meal from her would be fried catfish nuggets and French fries. Mm. Yeah, like that was my ultimate favorite meal from her. And then you know she would make hamburger. Well, I have to have cheese on my burger. Like I can't eat a, a burger without cheese. Yeah. Um, she'd make cheeseburgers. You know, breakfast, and I mean, she even let us have coffee. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, just. 
that. And I mean, also, you know, my dad's side of the family, which is, that's my Nana. My Nana is my dad's mom. Mm -hmm. Um, they always barbecue. They always cooked, you Mm. know, it was, we've always had cookouts. So just all of that. So, so when, when you think about, um, that experience, you know, going over your Nana's house and all these various meals and things like that. Like what, what, what resonates with you as you sit back and kind of think about it? Like what, what, what type of memories when, you know, Nana's making the, um, the, the catfish nuggets or, you know, the cookouts and things like that. What, what does that bring to you? Cause I assume that as you go to different restaurants and, you know, try different things, there has to be something that pulls you back into like, Hey, this is this is the taste or the flavor or the texture or the the smell that I remember. What 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 is that that memory or those things that kind of pull you back in in there in regards to your cuisine desires? It's it's just home cooking, you know. And it's funny because I'm not really big on actual soul food, quote unquote. Mm. Um, like yams, I don't care for. Take my black card, I don't care, but. <laughs> Like, not that kind of thing. But she made that, but she also, you know, would make things that we liked. Mm. So, um, like, fried catfish. When I go somewhere and I order fried catfish, like, it's really hard to get a crispy, Mm. tasty, crunchy catfish. So, I'm always referring back to, you know, the times that Nana would make those catfish nuggets. And I'm either, I'm, I'm usually just, whenever i go to the restaurant just to be quite honest and it's like i haven't found if y'all know any bomb catfish places that may measure up y'all send me a dm and let me know (laughs) but but i have not discovered anywhere like just the crunch that i need that's good i mean which i think would be a really interesting Quest. Uh, IG, yeah, quest or even IG <laughs> challenge, right? I mean, yeah. essentially, as a foodie, you you put it out there, you go down the gauntlet, say, "Hey, all you yeah. you know, restaurants in the DFW, let's now, let's, let's have a catfish cook off." Pastor Rob did recommend one place called Those Honeys, but I just haven't made it over there yet. Okay. But I need to I need to check them out. Um, but yeah, other than that, is it's, it's been quite the quest. Mm. So did did your did your nana? teach you how to cook those those favorite meals right were you in the kitchen <laughs> kitchen you know cooking or were you absolutely not really <laughs> i was not in the kitchen cooking i was playing video games <laughs> oh you're playing by city i'm playing by listening city to ice outside, riding my bike <laughs> playing basketball with my cousins like i was outside but i mean um i as an adult of course i i've learned how to cook um just on my own pretty much like my mom would cook but i didn't really uh i like when she got creative with other things but a lot of things that she cooked i didn't like not because she couldn't cook but just because i didn't like those things that she cooked Mm. like i said i don't like yams um now on holidays my mom would make yams like she wouldn't make them like every day but like i said she cooked for the most part she made healthy food so of course i wasn't into that especially as a child yeah so you know? now, yeah, now being on the, on the opposite end of it, right? Needing to mm-hmm. feed yourself, and you know, obviously having those cravings per se. Um, you know, what do you find yourself leaning towards in regards to your consistent palate that you're cooking in the kitchen there, or 
have you made your way over, you know, Nana's house or asking your dad, like, hey, I, I need the recipe to this. Where, you know, where, where do you see yourself cooking for yourself when you're not out there, um, you know, reviewing and, and looking at restaurants? Well, actually, I do need to give credit to. So, like I said, I grew up, you know, in church and um, I had a youth minister there. Her name was Sister Powell. We still call her Sister Powell to this day. Hmm. Um, I'm very close to her still. Um, she was even my mom's youth pastor, but um, she cooks every holiday. Mm. So there were two holidays, Thanksgiving and Christmas, that I actually spent the night to help her out. Nice. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, just because, because I enjoy spending time with her. Like, she has so much wisdom and, you know, she treats me like her own daughter. Um, so the nights that I spent there for those holidays, I learned <laughs> she actually allowed me mm. To see the secret recipe that she uses for her <laughs> her dressing, which this dressing is the best dressing I've ever had, and anyone who tastes it would agree. But um, now I learned how to make my baked mac and cheese from her, mm. which I only make on holidays because I can't be eating that every day, <laughs> um, as much as I love it. Um, but I've I've learned anything as far as you know, like holiday food, I've learned from her. Just by spending that time right there. Nice. That's what's up. Mm -hmm. That's what's up. So on on the back on the, the food side or the restaurant side, um, I guess, how have you methodically gone about your your quest on, you know, having good food and trying out places? I mean, is it is it a crapshoot or you kind mm -hmm. of put together a you know, a list of places that you're like, you know, I would like to try this out and kind of get a feel for it, et cetera. How, how, how does one, how, how does the foodie curate their, their restaurant list? Well, particularly me, um, I like to look for, uh, commonly I look for the black owned mm. or, you know, independent, um, black people that make food. Yeah. Um, you know, just, for the support aspect and, and I know the flavor will likely be there, okay. <laughs> you know? Um, so initially and quite frequently I frequent, you know, certain black owned food businesses. And then if I do go to a restaurant, it's because I saw it online, you know, yeah. that I want to go visit it. Um, you know, or I'm out with friends and I'm like, actually this is good enough to post about. So that's how, mm. Uh, it's pretty much, you know, just see, seeing and then going. So, so what's, what's the, what, what's the, uh, I guess, base criteria or how, how does it flip to this is good enough to, uh, to post about? Because, I mean, I guess one could go full, you know, reviewer, Yelp, <laughs> you know, Yelp master out here and, and essentially, uh -huh. you know, the good and the bad. But, you know, what, what's mm -hmm. the criteria for you to say this is post worthy? So when it comes to my page, um, I like to I like to um, put them out there if they're good. You know, I want them to get more business. I want people to um, experience what I have experienced. Mm. So if it's good enough to where I'm like, you know, what, other people should know about this. They should get this sensation that I'm feeling <laughs> from this food. Mm. <laughs> or even if I, you know, if I can take a really good picture of it, I want people to see because that's what my page is for. Like, if you look at my, my caption in my bio, 
I enjoy the visuals of a succulent meal. Mm. So I want people to see and experience it. I don't want to just put stuff out there like, oh, you know, this looks pretty. So, you know, you should try it. No, I want if it's that good. It's it's tell worthy, you know, so. And, and, and as you've curated your page, because I know you follow a lot of, you know, bloggers and things like that. But as mm-hmm. you've curated your page, have you. I mean, obviously you just spoke about, you know, not, not only the visual piece, but hey, it's worthy enough to come visit. But what other ways do you feel that your experiences or, uh, you know, someone seeing on your page differs from, you know, be it anybody else? What's the, you know, what's the mm. catch or the pull for, for Hungry Girl? Okay, well, if let's say we're comparing my page to or my reviews to someone that is being endorsed okay or sponsored yeah um they kind of have to hype the place up because you know they have that partnership yeah but me (laughs) if i'm post if i'm if i'm gonna post about something it's gotta be good i'm not wasting my time Mm. i'm not wasting my storage space (laughs) on my phone (laughs) (laughs) i'm not i'm i'm not out here selling dreams so You know, I don't have anybody pulling my leg, pulling my strings or anything like that. I'm not getting paid for this. So I think that's the difference, you know, when it comes to that. So, I mean, let's 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 play this out, though. Right. You're you're getting followers. You're you know, people are engaging. Restaurants are connecting. Um, Do you feel that you desire to be, you know, this uh, independent um, reviewer? for you know the duration or you know do you feel that hey you wouldn't mind being you know uh courted or sponsored by some uh, along the way um of course i wouldn't mind being sponsored by some however if i'm posting about if hopefully i have you know free reign in the mill or in the product that i can post about so that you know if it's let's say they give me something and i don't like it very much I'm, I'm probably going to be like, y'all got anything else I can try? Because <laughs> I did not want to steer my people wrong. You know what I'm saying? That's good. Like, I want people to be able to trust me and um, I ain't trying to sell out. So. Mm. <laughs> okay, I mean, let, let's let's kind of dig a little bit deeper into it, right? Because obviously you're, um, there, there are certain things that you are trying to avoid, right? That you don't want to mm-hmm. go down a certain path and that you believe that people have lost credibility in your mind or in your life as you've looked at what other folks have done along the way with their, um, mm-hmm. with their blogs and things like that. Yeah. What? So, yeah, go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say like, I just want, I don't want to sell my foodie. So <laughs> the, the food, the food Illuminati uh, <laughs> might be a thing. <laughs> Food Illuminati all through your body. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just want people to um, know that I'm genuine and authentic well, in these foodie streets. <laughs> how, how, how do you feel that you're going to keep that, though? Right. How, how do you feel? How? That, how do you feel that you keep that purity? Um, like, I, like I said, like if I can choose the meal and let's just say they don't have any meals that I like up there. I'm probably <laughs> hey, if I look, I'm gonna put a disclaimer somewhere. If I put three stars at the bottom <laughs> or if I have some kind of symbol, maybe I can like come up with a symbol so that, you know, people the real ones, the real people who listening 
will know, hey, this is not this is not really endorsed by me. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just joking. Um, well, I can't say that. I just wouldn't have to cross that bridge when I get there. That's but right. as of now, I'm saying that I want to remain true. You know, if I don't like it, I want to be, I want to turn it down. But it's really hard to go to a restaurant and try something that, like, like they have so many options. Right. So how many, um, what's the probability of you finding something that you do not, you absolutely do not like? You have not, you know? you have not met my wife, but um, <laughs> I was joking. Actually, you, you have met my wife. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> she will. She will find you. She will write it off after one meal, which I mean, that's mm, that's her. OK. Yeah. See, and, 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 she, and she's pretty picky. She's pretty picky, too, though. Uh, like she, okay. She's not um, uh, experimental with her with her palate too much. So, um, mm. yeah. Oh, hey, Catherine. <laughs> <laughs> so so with that, how I would say how um, how experimental are you? with with your cuisines are the things that you don't touch oysters well actually you know i'm pretty experimental because initially like when i first had oysters they were raw so but then i went to true lux um in january for a friend's birthday dinner and jordan actually suggested hey try them i think they were cooked they were fried or something mm. And um, shout out to Jordan. And I <laughs> and I did. And I was like, oh, I guess it's not so bad. So you know what? Before that, I had sworn off oysters, but mm. I am actually pretty experimental. Um, if I can, if someone that I can trust can vouch for something, then I'm gonna try it. I'm not one of. I'm not. I'm not that picky. I'm picky, but not that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. What are, where are the what are the other? I mean, all right. Let's talk about good or bad um, experiences. Where have you had a great experience or or a poor experience? <laughs> and you don't have to name names, but you can uh -huh. give you can give a description of of what that looks like. Well, okay. So while I don't post bad reviews on my page, I do post them on Google Review. Mm. So <laughs> okay, all right. Um. So let's see. Customer service is really big to me. Um, I mean, the food could be good, but if the customer service is bad, that's going to be a few demerits. But um, let's see. Where have I had a bad experience? Recently, I went to uh, an ice cream place. Mm. And, you know, they had so many options. Like, we can sub out, you know, dairy milk and use coconut milk or what is our almond milk or something like mm -hmm. that so i chose to do that which my experience had been ruined already even before <laughs> i got my treat because it was such a long wait okay mm. like i was in line and i ordered my friend got his like maybe 10 to 15 minutes after ordering and mine took 30 minutes and this is a little bitty cup of ice cream you know, I ordered, I was like, well, maybe because I asked for coconut milk, you know, I did, you know, use a, I did request a few substitutes, you know, because I'm watching my dairy intake. Okay. But, um, but it took them literally 30 minutes. And when I got it, it didn't even taste that good, mm. you know? So 
I I really wanted to write a review, and I haven't written that review yet, but it's coming. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so 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 you you hit on two things here, and I, I wanted to kind of dive in our last few few moments here. One, your pet peeves of of food or restaurants, things that you're like, hey, this is good or or poor or not, and then the other side is, I mean, how do how do you I mean, being a foodie, right? I mean. You can look at some of these food bloggers and stuff like that. They 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 can get pretty big because all they do is eat. Mm-hmm. But you know how do you balance <laughs> that out as well on on both sides? So we'll start with the pet peeves. Like when you when you go in there, where are you as a foodie, as a a, a rater, a reviewer, where are you like man that you can always already believe that it's going to be a um, a great experience, or where you feel that it's not going to be a good experience? Um, and then how do you keep yourself in a you know, in a situation that you, uh, that you don't just blow up. <laughs> so before I go somewhere, I'm always reading reviews, no matter where I go. Mm. So I get a general idea. If, if the reviews are bad, honestly, I usually don't. Okay. Okay. You know, and when I say bad, I mean below four star. So, um, that's that. So when I go into a place because I've, you know, read the reviews, mm-hmm. I already expect, great food a great experience and as far as your question about how do i manage to not quote unquote blow up <laughs> at first i thought you meant like blow up like get upset um <laughs> but you mean like literally blow up. <laughs> um so you know during this pandemic you know lots of everyone's had a struggle yeah uh even i did like after we came off of the daniel fast like i had lost maybe 15 to 20 pounds but then i gained it back during quarantine mm. um so, you know, after I went to Cancun and did not like what I saw, <laughs> I was like, this is unacceptable. Like, I've always been athletic and I've always been, um, like, health conscious. So, you know, I had a Jamaica trip coming up. Well, it's already passed. But back then I was like, by my Jamaica trip, which was end of July, running into August, I was like, I need to be a size that I really want to be. Mm. So, mom, it was just a mindset shift, you know, like TD Jakes had, has always said, nothing is more powerful than a changed mind. That's real. Shout out, shout out to Bishop. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, so like it literally takes the mental understanding of where you really want to be versus where you are That's good. now, you know, so now like I eat a lot, I'm personally big on fish. Like chicken is really not my thing unless it's chicken wings. Mm. Uh, but, um, I eat salmon, I eat tilapia, you know, Monday through Friday for the most part. And, um, on the weekends, if I do decide to turn up (laughs) as far as, you know, food goes, (laughs) then I'm very, um, calorie conscious. Okay. You know, so if I, if I, like, I know if I consumed a certain amount of calories, then I'm either going to burn them off. That very same day, time I to working to, out. Time to go to Zumba. Yeah, Zumba, body pump, or I'm just going to not eat dinner. Because if I've eaten that many calories, you know, early on, then I shouldn't even be hungry later that That's day. Right. You know, right. like my appetite has tremendously changed since I've been um, back to my eating habits, you know, my healthy eating habits. So um, just staying conscious. And the Fitbit definitely helps. I started out with a Fitbit. Uh, getting my steps in. I started all that. So, yeah, I mean, just using those resources and those tools to help you stay on track 
It really, really helps. It makes it a lot easier. So that's what's up. That's what's up. All right. So where do we go from here? Right. I mean, you're just trying to be true to it. Be trying to be, you know, uh, Jenny from the block in this in this bill. But, um, <laughs> uh, you know, where, where, where do you go from here? Do you do you see yourself just, you know, still casually doing this or you, you see yourself pivoting to uh, to making this, um, you know, official that that, you know, those restaurants in the DFW Metroplex are are looking forward to to hungry girls stopping by. Well, you know, if that happens, that would be cool. As of now, I'm not just hell bent on, um, you know, making this a huge career. But if it could be like, you know, an extra stream of, in- of income, of course, I wouldn't be opposed, you know. So, but as of now, I'm really like really wanting to highlight any black owned spot or black owned cook or chef and just, you know, get the community, the community out there. So, like, that's really what I care about. Mm. You know, like, even with, you know, I'm, I'm working with Xenia Roastery. Mm-hmm. So even with that, like, that's really, that's my focus. Just getting the brands out there as they should be because it's just quality, quality product. That's what's up. That's what's up. You know? Good deal. Well, I thank you for coming on the podcast and sharing your, sharing a little bit about your advice and your passions here. <laughs> For sure. Thanks for having me. So how, how can one find you on IG or Facebook or wherever that those might uh, want to uh, see what a, a real life blogger, fa- uh, uh, foodie um, connoisseur blogger is like? Where, how would they find you and connect with you? So if you want to follow my food page, uh, you can find me on Instagram at Hungry Girl. That's spelled H-O-N-E-G-R-Y-G-I-R-L. And I am on Instagram as well on my personal page under Queen Calundra. And then um, also my name is spelled C-A-L-U-N-D-R-A. And on Facebook, I am Calundra Moore. So awesome. Those are my handles. Mm-hmm. I appreciate it. Thanks for stopping in today and, and giving us a peek inside the brain of Miss Moore here. And uh, <laughs> we learned something new that she's going to be giving us a walkthrough of uh, lyrics and libations with uh Calundra on 90s gangster rap. So lyrical exercise is coming right up. <laughs> we hope that you all have enjoyed this episode and learned a little bit more about uh about being a foodie and and the vice of uh of of loving food um and, and learning kind of uh you know some stories behind it. As we talked about earlier, we all have uh, different things that that create the way that we were raised or our adolescence, but also the way that our life uh, goes today. And that's your, your soundtracks, but also the smells and the tastes that go along with your day-to-day life. So hopefully you all hope that you all have enjoyed. As you said in the beginning, please like, share, rate, review, subscribe, all of those great things. It helps us to get the information and the word out and for more people to uh, live a more fine and gentry life. So thank you guys for tuning in and we'll see you all after a while.